Hello and welcome to Written in Uncertainty, an Elder Scrolls podcast sat firmly in the grey maybe of the series universe. My name is Aramithius, and today we're discussing some of the most mysterious entities in the Elder Scrolls, things that can shape an entire race and are probably the closest thing to aliens that we'll ever see in the setting. Today we're asking, what are the Hist? Before we begin, my usual disclaimer, I'd just like to remind everyone that this is my own understanding of the Hist, and not necessarily the whole truth behind them, although I'll do my best to bring in some other viewpoints as well, and I know there's more information out there on them that I possibly haven't drawn on quite as fully as I could, but you may have other ideas, and if so, I'd absolutely love to hear them. Please leave a comment on the blog post that's accompanying this cast at writteninuncertainty.wordpress.com or join the conversation at the Written in Uncertainty Discord server. I'll also be linking the sources that I'm quoting in this podcast in the blog post, so please go through and read the sources there rather than just take what I'm saying at face value and come up with your own ideas, your own understanding from what information we have. So, what are the Hist? On one level, what they are is fairly simple. They are the progenitors of the Argonians, which manifest most obviously in various trees that are found in Black Marsh. However, they aren't just trees. They are certainly sapient and have a will of their own. It's also likely that they affect the whole of Black Marsh if Junior Severa's letter to Septimus is to be believed. To quote, But I can tell you this, old friend, the Hist are not simply trees, regardless of sentience. It is true that the trees are impressive and demand a certain respect when you stand beneath them, but I've always found the roots most fascinating. If only I could properly describe the things I have seen, Brother Septimus. Beneath the swamp, the roots grow deep and spread so wide it's impossible to know which tree they originated from. In a way, I believe the roots are the marsh. The roots hold it all together, and they determine when it changes. The Hiss then control Black Marsh, and in a way maybe are Black Marsh. They were previously more widespread, but multiple sources point out that the trees were reduced during the Elnafay Wars, and they're described as bystanders in the war in the annotated Anuad. This highlights the otherness of the Hist in relation to men and myrrh, and also potentially makes them the observer in an enantiomorph that is the war. Although I think that may be stretching things a little, because there hasn't been a definite victor in the conflict between man and myrrh in Tamriel's history so far. Or maybe it's just that the observer hasn't decided yet, we'll get to that point a little later. The alienness of the Hist, this otherness, has led several to conclude that they are transcalpic or extracalpic, particularly as the Anuad lists them as one of the two survivors of the ruin of the Twelve Worlds, and the Twelve Worlds may well be previous Kalpers if you look at them in a particular way. Uh, if the Hist make Black Marsh what it is, then there's also part of me that considers that every creature on Black Marsh may be an Argonian, that they are creations of the Hist, and they are sustained by the Hist, potentially derived from them. If the quote that we heard earlier is true, and the Hist created Black Marsh, they're responsible for shaping the whole ecosystem, 
the Pocket Guide to the Empire first edition does however take it the other way around and sees the Hist as the same thing as the Argonians and not really distinct from them. So the question here is what's the relationship between the Hist and the Argonians? The Hist seem to direct the Argonians and we'll get to how they function within Argonian society but they are responsible for the Argonians being the way that they are. You've got sources saying that the precise shape and look of an Argonian is determined by how much Hist sap they imbibe so there's some way that the Hist are shaping and directing the Argonians biology and as a result there's a question that gets asked a lot that is wondering why the Hist created the Argonians. We don't have too much of an idea on this one as the Hist's goals and motivations are a little obscure. I do have my own opinions on that which we'll get to a little later but there's nothing direct and the Hist aren't exactly forthcoming in a conversation. Uh, you'll hear people say that the Argonians were created to be the Hist's limbs if you like, that because the Hist are trees they need other things in order to be active and achieving their goals in Tamriel. This makes sense, although again there's part of me that thinks that if they can manipulate bodies to be reshaped through their sap and direct consciousness and so on, then making bodies to house themselves that they can directly control wouldn't be too much of a step. But they don't seem to do that and they give the Argonians a level of autonomy, although precisely how much again is up for debate. You'll hear several people in the Elder Scrolls community say that the Argonians are the Hist's slaves and often this is part of a conversation of a defence for why they were enslaved by the Dunma which I don't want to get into but I don't necessarily think that the Argonians are the Hist's slaves. It doesn't feel to be quite the way that the Hist have structured the society of the Argonians and the way that the practice happens. The general social practices for the Hist is that not all Argonians regularly take Hist sap but instead get it at particular key points in their life when they're growing up as we said it influences their shape and there's various coming of age rituals and things that are part of an Argonian's life where they take on Hist sap but it's not a constant at all and there's also the role within Argonian society of sap speaker where particular members of Argonian society do regularly drink Hist sap and then provide direction for the whole village on the basis of that and that direction and how that's done is perhaps the next point as to why I don't think that the Hist are directly controlling the Argonians. The accounts that we do have that talk about how Hist sap is used, it's almost used like you see psychedelic drugs being used within some shamanistic cultures to induce a trance-like state and induce visions and so on. And that feels a little indirect as a means of control, to be frank. So unless we assume things like latent hissap remaining in the Argonians' bloodstream and directing them subconsciously from there, 
any control that the Hist do have is very remote. I've seen it said on Reddit that Michael Kirkbride at least considers that imbibing Hist sap means that the Hist have control over the soul of any kind of being, that they will all return their memories to the Hist on death. That would make the kind of control to make literal slaves possible, although that doesn't seem to be what the Hist are up to. Hist sap certainly does do strange things to any who drink it, as we see with the affair with the Blackwood Company in The Elder Scrolls IV, where it causes bloodlust and hallucinations and possibly some other side effects as well. But the hist sap there is noted as being from a sick tree, so it might not be an entirely reliable gauge of normal hist sap effects. And I just want to ask everyone to keep the idea of the hist having control over the soul of things when they die. Um, in the back of their mind because that will become important later and on a basic level the hist form the basis for Argonian society and explicitly direct it through the visions of the sap speakers and the way that they control the more senior members of Argonian society each Argonian village has a history at its center which directs the Argonians through the visions that are given to sap speakers. The societal relation between the Hist and the Argonians isn't a hundred percent clear. I wouldn't call it exactly worship because there's few activities that the Argonians engage in that I would call distinctly devotional. It seems to be that the Hist are just considered and consulted in some way or direct the general course of life in Black Marsh. The relationship feels almost familial if we look at in some contexts. We have a fantastic poem called A Shallow Pool which puts it very starkly in those terms. It ends like this, to quote. A shallow pool is all I want. Memories held, old stories told, surrounded by children who call me their hist. There's something here that I think is core to the Hist and their overall philosophy, which I think we'll get to in a bit more depth shortly. But the main thing, the big thing I take from that poem, in addition to the ideas of family, is the idea of being, not really doing. We have memories being held, being recycled and changed, maybe, through the telling of old stories. There isn't much action here, there's no progress as such, and so ideas of direction and control are, are a little vague and there's the reference to the Argonians as the Hist's children which is a, again it's familial language rather than these are my drones that help me control what I do. This has however been different in the past and the ruined Zanmirs we see in Black Marsh are from a time when the Hist guided the Argonians in a different direction. I think this change in direction and total reshaping of their society gives us perhaps a hint at what the Hist are up to and that is potentially trying to express different kinds of society and attempting to produce change which is the theme we'll get back to a little later. One thing that has come up with those ruins particularly in how the Elder Scrolls Online looks at them is that the Argonians don't seem too concerned to remember what was before. 
which is really odd if you think that memory is important to the hist and there are also several passages which link the hist very explicitly to memory and to water this is at its most obvious in a passage from in accord with those sun blessed which goes like this we are the people of the root it is as true in this world as any other though our roots grow deep into shadow and drink from the tide of memory our branches rise high into the sky and bathe in the light of the sun and there's quite a lot to unpack here but we'll get to all of it in some form during this podcast but i want to start with the drinking in of memory this is alluded to elsewhere as well and we have some very interesting implications for Argonian religious beliefs off the back of that. Argonians believe they come from and return to the hist and the ingestion of hist sap, which is a liquid, remember, informs their development. If water is memory, this is essentially saying that the hist are being fed memory and potentially that of past lives as well. Uh, the original memory and water quote that we get from the Elder Scrolls Online makes it clear that memories become water once they're done with, and so it's memories of the dead that are being imbibed and refined by the hist in some way. I've spoken about memory and water and people before, but I think it's worth reiterating here too that being made up of memory is how people are in a sense, even in this world everyone's experiences of the now are informed by how they've perceived the past and how they see things as having worked in the past. This means that our way of existing in the world is made up of memory in a similar way to how the Argonians used hist sap to frame and direct their development. The sap is the way in which the hist most directly control the Argonians and if the hist are directing black marsh controlling its water they are shaping its past and thereby its future this could potentially be an overall goal for the hist in collecting memory so to speak the third edition pocket guide to the empire points out that some call black marsh the place to where everything rotten and despoiled eventually flows being rotten and despoiled isn't necessarily a bad thing in this case it's stuff that's dead that's decaying that's done with which is the state that memory is being a place which collects water which is memory could ultimately be what the hist are trying to do to collect memory for some purpose and exactly what that purpose is is a little unclear and we haven't seen enough of what that could be to know what it would mean. Remember the quote earlier where MK points out that the hiss potentially taking the souls of those who drink the sap, that could potentially be in an effort to extend the collection of memory to bring it to other sets of experiences beyond Argonians. Aside from that little diversion, I think potentially what's happening is that it's linked to their role as an observer in the Elnafe Wars and they're potentially trying to control something by accumulating all this memory and to try and compute everything that's gone on in Tamriel maybe? I, I don't really know. But going back to the thought of 
the Manmer conflicts not being resolved yet, maybe if the Hists are the observer of that conflict, then they're trying to make an informed decision, if you like, by bringing in all this memory and bringing that into their consideration for how to resolve it. But I don't think memory is the whole of it exactly. If we think back to the quote from In Accord With Those Sunblessed and a Reddit thread which I've seen where Tordirikigoyas, I think, um, mentions it in a Reddit thread that Hist take in both water, which is memory, and sunlight, which is magicka. And you think about that quote, which is talking about roots going deep and draw and drinking in, and then branches and leaves that reach up to the sun. That's pulling in water and magicka, which is quite a lot of fuel to pull something off, which again I think is linked to memory which I think it's an attempt to reconstruct a past that the Hist have experienced and potentially want to go back to. Remember that the history in A Shallow Pool wanted to be surrounded by memory. That's nostalgia, and we have a fantastic passage at the end of The Lost Tales of the Famed Explorer that has possibly a source for that. The quote is this, he came upon a tower. It was tall and vast and many trees grew from its many layers of marsh. Creatures lived and died without ever knowing of a world outside the tower. At its top was a tree that bled fire. Other winged things that looked like him circled it. They cried out in words he understood but didn't know. He felt a deep sadness as the tower fell away. Now, this feels like a vision of the Hist's past, a previous world, or a previous Kalper maybe, that was and is no more. The sadness of the vision seems to point to a want to reconstruct it, a nostalgia which is entirely in keeping, I think, with the focus of the Hist drawing in memory. The suggestion of things being outside of the tower also points to either the Hist being trans-Kalpic, or maybe outside of the Arabis altogether, from another dream. And this idea of the Hist being from another Kalpa or another dream paints them as survivors, particularly the way it's put across in the Anuad. This means that they'll likely do whatever's necessary in order to keep going, or at least that's the feeling I get from it. That the Hist have made several deals or partnerships with other entities in order to ensure this over the course of Tamriel's history. We have a few examples of different Hist making deals with Daedra in order to continue to exist in Oblivion. The ones we know about are in the realm of Clavicus Vile and Cold Harbor. These do, however, seem to be one-time deals. A Hist fled to Cold Harbor over what seems to be a disagreement with other Hist on the future direction of Argonian society, and several Hist struck up some sort of deal with Vile in the creation of the part of Vile's realm that would become Umbriel. And the Oblivion Crisis itself also indicates a possibly broader connection between the Hist and Oblivion than a few Daedric Pacts though. The Hist as a whole appeared to know that the Crisis was coming and then called a bunch of Argonians home and sent them charging through the Oblivion Gates after they'd been apparently altered by the Hist to be made more battle ready. 
that the Hist were forewarned about this and could prepare means that they had some way of listening in on Oblivion in order to get wind of the crisis beforehand. And it's even been suggested that they are some sort of conduit for something from Oblivion. The Elder Scrolls Online has an urgent letter, it's just that urgent letter, which compares Histsap to Chaotic Creatia, which is something that the towers supposedly draw from Oblivion and focus through their stones. To quote the urgent letter, Amberplasm, that's what one of the scholars called it before I fed him to mighty Chudan. He said that it was like the chaotic creature of Oblivion, leaking into Mundus through our Hist like blood from a wound. If this is to be believed, the Hist are deeply connected to the substance of Oblivion, and can condense and alter a creatia in a way that seems quite similar to the way that the towers seem to function. And if this is done to a similar purpose to the towers, this would link the Hist even further towards the ideas of preservation and security, which is a little strange given that we also know that the Hist are associated with and revere Sithis. Although that said, the relationship they have to Sithis is a little odd. The relationship is one of a protector. Both the creation myth presented in Children of the Root and the ending we have of The Lost Tales of the Fabled Explorer depict Sithis as a caring entity, which really isn't the picture we get from the Dark Brotherhood and the like. So we have Children of the Root saying this, The shadow ate the snake and the root and the sap and the stone and the oceans of blood and all of the spirits. It had eaten everything before it remembered the roots that were its children, so it looked into itself to find them. When the shadow saw this, it remembered that it was a skin of something that came before, and it had eaten what came after, and this would be an end that always was. And so the shadow shed its skin, even though that was all it was, and it fell like a shroud over the roots, promising to keep them safe within its secrets. And the ending of the Lost Tales is this. He looked up and saw other worlds and other towers. They were spinning wheels and they crashed into each other and their spokes got tangled up and they broke each other. And he saw that his world was breaking too, but quick as a snake, a shadow came and swallowed up the roots of the towers so that they would not break. To unpack this last quote a little, the towers are other universes. The tower and the wheel are symbols for the structure of the Elder Scrolls universe as a whole. And this indicates that the Argonians have a much broader view of creation than other races, whose views tend to stop with this Arabis, with the possible exception of the Red Guards. The key difference that these myths seem to bring to the table is the figure of the Shadow, which feels like a pretty unambiguous reference to Sithis. These myths indicate that Sithis, who is the father of Lorcan, remember, seems to want to keep Mundus, or the Arabis, stable. This is a really interesting idea to me, because Sithis is otherwise presented as a god of death, destruction and entropy. This depiction that the Argonians have goes against these typical views of Sithis and presents it as a benevolent thing, a preserver, which is typically the wheelhouse of Anu, if you ask, 
pretty much any other culture on Tamriel. We have some hints in the Elder Scrolls Online that the Hiss deliberately stopped Argonian progress at one point as well, and that they haven't changed much either socially or technologically after that point. This is really weird for entities that seem to value a thing highly connected to change and decay because the basic society of the Argonians doesn't change. I think this is something to do with the paradox of constant change in that if something is always changing then nothing lasts. You don't get the ability to iterate on what was before and to have foundations and build something else. And that's kind of what we see in Argonian culture. The Hiss direct the Argonians towards specific kinds of change, with others seemingly not being permitted. The kind of change that produced the Zanmiers is something that we've seen at least one Argonian look on with a huge amount of scorn. So there's a particular kind of change being encouraged here. I think this is partly to do with change being a paradox, which if I can put it explicitly, says that if everything is always changing, then you have no foundation to build anything on, and you can't progress, you can't move beyond the small changes that you're constantly having, which is kind of what we see in Argonian society. There are different variations between tribes and different things in tribal practice, but the tribes in essence have the same sort of a structure. I think it may also have something to do with the connection that the Hist have to time and memory. If they're collecting both things that are going to be born and things after they die, which is a perspective we have from the Argonians, that I remember a quote from, admittedly it's from Marubasul, but it says that the Hist are where the Argonians are coming from and where the Argonians are going. So it's a constant state in itself and a constant cycle of being born out of the Hist, living and returning to the Hist. We also have this quote from the Seasons of Argonia. Time is immutable, an engine that drives the will of change, inevitable, primordial, an ever-moving force in an ever-constant cycle. And that, to me, feels quite like Sithis, if you like. There's constant movement, there's constant stuff going on, but nothing really on the surface. The, that word primordial makes me think of oceans of soup and all that good stuff. And if you think about how the tides of the ocean go and how the ocean's in constant motion, in essence, there's not an awful lot of change that comes from those the ocean doesn't change itself through that motion. And given this perspective, I think it's quite likely that the Hist, as accumulators of time and preservers in a way, would engineer something that simply goes through motions and cycles rather than progressing forward, particularly if all time and memory in particular is something that they value, if just having something ticking over is of value in itself. Or it could be something else entirely. I'm not sure. I'm sure I don't have all the pieces. Um, we also have this passage from Children of the Root. In time, the worlds were too big and there was no more room. 
Again, the spirits went to the roots to ask for more, but the roots had gone to sleep content with what they had made because it changed so often that it did not need to grow. If the hist are the roots here, which seems a reasonable assumption to me, then they see growth as something to promote change, with change is the most important thing. From our perspective as humans, we typically see change as a thing to promote growth and progress. But so this is really flipping it on its head. And so if we're looking at something from the perspective of change being the important thing, then increasing complexity isn't necessarily important. And this works particularly well with Sithis being an entity that's focused on entropy as entropy typically produces very simple things. So we'll see minute changes in the same basic structure as we see in Argonian society. That's potentially the will of the Hist and what they're trying to achieve, a kind of unstable stability, if you like, that you can have constant change, constant cycles, and nothing that's going to rock the cart. Rock the cart? Rock rock the boat, sorry. And that's kind of what they seem to be aiming at. If they're looking to find a way to survive and be stable, then I think that's potentially what the Hist are up to. That's about all I have on the Hist for now. I feel like there's a good load more I can cover. I've skirted around quite a few topics, but if I was going into this in as much depth as I would like, I'd probably wind up researching this for a few more weeks before I ever let a podcast out, and I wanted to get this done and get something out there. So I may do a continuation at some point if people want some more Hist information. If there's any specific questions that you have about the Hist, then please let me know either on a comment on the blog post or on Twitter or on Reddit, wherever you can find me, and I will do my best to look into it. Thank you ever so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I do hope you've enjoyed it. And a special thanks this week to DDogGW for your very kind review on iTunes. If you like this podcast, then please do subscribe on your favourite podcast catcher. We are pretty much on all of the ones out there. And if you fancy a chat, please join the discussion at the Written Uncertainty Discord server. Just one final note before I go. I'm collating a list of the best long-form essays on the Elder Scrolls lore that I can find. It's available on writtenanduncertainty.wordpress.com under the tab Lore Essays and Resources. And if you have any that you think should be in there, please let me know. Next time we'll be taking a look at the bigger picture of the Elder Scrolls lore, exploring the realms of the stars, where they come from, what they mean. Next time, we're asking, what actually is the Arabis? Until then, this podcast remains a letter written in uncertainty. You've been listening to Written in Uncertainty, a podcast written and presented by Aramithius. The music for this podcast has been kindly provided by Jan Glembotsky. Check them out on SoundCloud under Songs from the Lost Land, and I'll see you next time.